Oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Olympia is here. Please welcome to the show, Lee Haney. Hey, hello, hello. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Can't believe it. Thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor. Um, you're a little in the dark there. I don't know if you can get some, some light. Yeah, let me see. see you. I'm dark, and then it's dark. <laughs> it's a lot of darkness going on here. Let me see if I can work on this. There you there go. There you That's go. Perfect. Yeah, all right. Much better. Much better. <laughs> okay, there we go. How are you, sir? That's perfect. How are I you? I am doing great. Glad I was finally able to get this thing to work right. Yeah, yeah. No, we, it's all good. We were just excited to have you. We were just talking about how George and I were, like, completely – obsessed with like your he, george had this tape on vhs that we used to watch like it was the, Le the Lee Haney championship over. workout circa 89 or 90. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah man those were the days yeah, yeah yeah and what we loved the most and we were just talking about that as well was not only that you were talking about fitness and the, the actual regiments and all that but you were also really motivating about what it actually meant to be disciplined and, and that really we took that really to heart and to this day, George is a is a nutrition uh, a specialist, um, and I try to stay fit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I work out, but you you really inspired us for that. So, personally, I just want to thank you from from both of us for that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure. You know, I, I really feel honored to be able to share my experiences, uh, my knowledge, my wisdom, particularly in trying to pass it on to the next generation. That's right. And trying to help those of us who are right in the midst of the game right now right. on ways to help manage our age, you know. Right. <laughs> My son teased me about being the incredible shrinking man now. You know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which that's yeah. a terrible insult. That's, you yeah. know, it's better to have been to never have been, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, right. That's the thing about kids, you know. They're great, but then they grow oh, up they, and start changing things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got two of them myself. George has a daughter as well. Yeah. Um, so we're going to ask a couple of questions. Um, I'm going to let George uh, start off. and uh, we'll, uh, Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you so much for, for being here. So I want to talk about first, actually, I want to go back because I want to know what your mindset was when you first started. I mean, you, you, you won the, the Teenage Mr. America at age of 19. So, so tell us, first of all, how, how that journey started for you and the mindset that you had at that time. Well, I tell you what, man, I fell in love with bodybuilding and weightlifting as a youngster. You know, I think every kid grew up wanted to be a Superman or Hercules. Right. And that's what I had in mind. Matter of fact, uh, my arms were so skinny that I was, I was embarrassed to wear a short sleeve shirt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I was uh, I was being picked at by my cousins and that sort of deal. So I, I just said, well, look, wait till I get some muscle. I'll change all of this stuff, you know? That's right. So Absolutely. it sort of started like that for me. I got, I asked my parents for a set of weights, you know, when I was uh, 10 years old. That was a wow. Christmas gift and they got them for me. And inside of that, that plastic weight set was this book written by Charles Atlas. Oh, you know, right. Everybody yeah. knew of Charles yeah, Atlas. Of right. so, <laughs> right. so that was my training manual, my Bible, so to speak, yeah. of how to train the various body parts. And then I would read everything I could get my hands on as it relates to nutrition. And, you know, growing up in the country, nutrition yeah. was pinto beans and right. beans, <laughs> your breast and a tuna fish sandwich, you know? <laughs> there was no such thing as protein. Yeah, <laughs> I know. 
Well, yeah, George and I are Puerto Rican, so you know we, <laughs> you know what we eat. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Man, exactly. a lot of beans and rice. <laughs> yeah, man. So you mentioned the uh, Bible, and and you wrote uh, you have uh, uh, what I consider to be actually the uh, the the Bi- the Bible now today. <laughs> um, can you uh, talk a little bit about this? I know you just did a, a new. Um, you kind of did a re you revised it. Right. with some new stuff recently um talk a little bit about that the, the stories in there are wonderful and they're just I, i've read a, a lot of it and it's just really inspiring because you also were able and i talked about this earlier you were also able to accept help you right. know and i think that that's such a difficult thing sometimes when you're in any when you're trying to learn something you kind of think i got it i got it you know but you really accepting that help and accepting that offer of uh, assistance was really a big thing and you talked about that can you talk a little bit about that yeah that's real important you know to 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 realize that you need help in a particular area but then being being willing to accept the help uh-huh. i was talking to one of my friends that you saw inside of the book a guy named superman right yeah we, we talk on a regular basis we try to kill each other during, <laughs> during that, our training together as partners oh no and i was mentioning to him uh the fact that uh, when I met Arnold after winning, after competing in my first Olympia, which I placed third, mm-hmm. uh, Arnold said to me, he was in Germany at that time, he said, Lee, uh, you look great, great physique. He said, however, you're stepping on the stage with, with champions. These guys are seasoned as it relates to posing and being able to present their physique. He said, now, you can't step on that stage with this amateur posing routine. Mm. You have to get better. You have to become more polished. He said, so when we get back to L.A., I want you to come to my office and I'll introduce you to my opposing coach. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. When I got back to California, having, you know, uh, left Germany, Arnold uh, had his coach waiting for me there at his office. I met with her. She took me through several series of transitions and that sort of thing. And uh, he said, Lee, you have to pose big because you're a big guy. Mm. And I, I really feel that what Arnold was also doing was not only giving me good instruction, but he was also testing me to see if I would, as a young athlete, be willing to excel mm. instruction. Right. You know, that's, that's a big right. caveat there yeah. Yeah. when it comes to younger athletes. Will they ask you? Uh, you know, particularly when you're talking about bodybuilding, you know, you, you got egos, you got, right, right. and, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm striving to be what you are, but I don't need your help. Right. So that humility is real important in determining how far you go. Yeah. yeah. And that was just in bodybuilding. I also had people to help me. One gentleman, I think I mentioned in that particular book, I do know I had a book called Beyond the Pump. That's also online. You can get it online at LeeHenny.com where I mentioned a guy named James Pee Wee Lambert. Mm-hmm. When I was trying to decide whether I wanted to play college football or pursue a career in bodybuilding, I met with uh, Mr. Lambert, who was my uh, principal, uh, high school principal at one time and guidance counselor. Wow. And uh, I came back after part of the summer practice playing football for Livingstone College, you know, just the season had started, so I returned back home and I said to him, I said, Mr. Lambert, sir, if, if there's an opportunity for me to move forward and continue to get my education and 
get more involved in bodybuilding and drop football, I would love to do that because that's where my heart is. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, Lee, if it's the last thing we do, we're going to make sure we get you some money to go to college so you then can pursue your dream in bodybuilding. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, he made some phone calls, set up some connections, and I was able to receive what is called a basic opportunity grant. And I'm still indebted to him today. I was then able to walk away from football because I had a full scholarship to do that. I knew I had to get education. My parents wasn't financially able to send me to school. So that was my only other option. But Mr. Lambert was able to find ways to get what is called that basic education opportunity grant. And I was able to forego football and get more into the bodybuilding. And man, here I am today. Yeah, the rest is history. Wow. Somebody loved me, cared about me, and said, okay, here you go. We're going to make this happen. Yeah, I, I think also um, you have to have already, you're, you're, you, I've read a lot of articles about you, and everyone just says you're just a really nice guy. I think when you have that already, do you feel you, you're pulling in? things from that people want to help you because that's kind of like what you want to do. You know, it's that whole thing about last guy's finish, you know, nice guys finish last. That's not true at all. That's like a, that's a fake, fake thing, you know? And I mean, you're, you're proof of that, you know, what, what do you think about, uh, about that? I, I think that's true. 100%. I mean, this it's like that in anything, you know, uh, as we, as men and we, as fathers, we, we always teach our kids that, you know, right. when, you, when you're an honorable person, you work hard, people are going to be drawn to that. They're going to see that energy mm-hmm. and they're going to say, hey, what do you need? Right. I want right. to help you. Right. And I found that to be true all of my life. You know, I, I still got, I wish my wife would do a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> but we'll get you in trouble. Did you have a good support system at that time? Were you, was your family supportive of what you were doing? You know something, man, I'll tell you what. My dad... I recall seeing him. I mean, he was a long distance trucker, right? And my mom was a domestic worker. You know, she cleaned cleaned houses for people. And my dad, man, having been gone all week, long distance trucking, he would still take me to bodybuilding shows. I never will forget Durham, North Carolina competing. And back in that day, there was only four, you could only, only four guys turn pro each year. Only four. Huh. But by now, there's so many pros out right. there now. I, I can't even name all of them. Yeah, right. But yeah. I recall as I was entering the amateur show, my dad had drove probably six, seven hours to Durham, North Carolina, from Spartanburg, South Carolina, to take me to the show. And during that time, you had bodybuilding and powerlifting mixed together with the AAU. But bodybuilding could only go on and showcase after the AAU strongman or powerlifting events was over. So sometimes you would walk out on the stage uh, to do your performance at 12 o'clock at night. I mean, you're burnt. And I never will forget looking back and seeing my dad in the stand. I mean, he was just so tired. (laughs) He was nodding and trying to stay awake. Wow. And, uh, Man, but that meant so much to me. I look yeah. back on it now, and you know, he he did what he had to do with it for with it for his son. And my mom was there supporting me all the way. Just 
it was just an incredible thing. And I, I was able to play it forward. I helped my dad get him his own tractor trailer truck, you know. Nice. And so all of those things, I was able to say thank you to my my yeah. parents for, for being there for me. Wow. That's so that's so amazing. And and now you're actually training uh others and you're in their lives. Is it is it seem like is it harder to train people for like lifting or for nutrition? Because it seems like nutrition it seems like to be really a <laughs> A kind of a difficult thing with like you know Entenmann's cakes and stuff like that. <laughs> that's that's yeah, my that's like, that, that nutrition is a, is a tough is a tough nut to crack. Yeah, you know, and I'm always uh, preaching nutrition. You know, you are what you eat. Right. You know, and, and how much you eat and when you eat it. All right. of those things are connected together. You know, nutrition is pretty much about I'd say seventy percent of reaching your goals. Right. You know, putting together a training system is real easy. You know, uh, and having a personal follow it is easy, but that nutritional part, you know, when yeah. those hunger demons yes. sneak into the house yes. at 11 yes. o'clock at night, <laughs> and they start to sit on your shoulder and talk you into things that you really shouldn't be talked into. Only one cookie, just one oh, cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> like, just one, right? Just one cookie. Just one, good. it won't hurt, you know. <laughs> my wife is, is, is my little demon that sits on my shoulder. Oh, no, ice cream not going to hurt you. Oh, I have a little bit. All right. How did I get it to be <laughs> Oh, no. That's so oh, funny. No. So um, Ronnie Coleman, who's a buddy of yours, actually, he, right. sa he said of Lee Haney, he said he is the greatest bodybuilder of all time by far. And and this is a this is a gentleman who actually shares the record with you. Right. OK, so, you know, one of the things that I think that you probably did, in my opinion, better than anyone was that when you did your trainings, you know, even at that time, even watching those tapes, it wasn't just about the physique. It wasn't just about the Mr. Olympias. It wasn't just about the workout. It was just a life philosophy. And you were you were great at saying uh, having helping people with setting goals achieving goals and saying you guys could do whatever you want it doesn't have to be mr olympia it could be whatever it is that you want to so um where did that mindset come from did you always have that mindset or did did that develop over time well you you know what uh, a strange thing you know i when you look at people that have, have achieved a, a certain level of success in any profession the one thing they have in common is a mindset that uh, allows them to push beyond barriers, allows them to feed or to be a, a wellspring of positivity. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we never get into the negative negativity of, of, of things. We never allow that. that. That mindset has never been a part of my psyche. It's always been Yes, I can. Yes, I will. I'll find a way. Okay, maybe it's not now, but guess what? I'll be patient, and eventually it will happen. Right. You know. Yeah. So I, I really feel that is the the biggest thing that pushes people that are that's that's over and beyond that become mm -hmm. successful. The mindset mm -hmm. is different. You know, one of the people that I look love looking at several of them. 
I, I like the mindset of Muhammad Ali. He would tell a guy, okay, you're going down in the fifth round. And right, guess what? Right. I go down in the that, fifth round. That's right. That's you know, right. he said in the, in the minute, you know, yeah. you look at Arnold, you know, the, the charisma. When he hit the stage, he's like, he had this presence. Yeah. And this presence is something you, you're born with. You know, Bill Clinton, when I served as the chairman to the president on council, on council of fitness, he walked into the room and you just felt this energy mm. that was so unique. It's just certain people got this thing. Yeah, yeah. And a doubtful mind of a doubtful psyche is not a part of their makeup. Yeah. Yeah, you never see a guy with you know getting his uh Mr. Olympia award going, gee, I didn't think I could do it, but <laughs> I'm glad I did. You know, I mean not, yeah, you know, you, know, you rarely it, see that. I said in uh uh as you saw it, George, in, in the video, one of the things I say, there's nothing wrong with having a healthy ego. That's right, why I right, she, exactly. That's why yeah. right. I want to be the shepherd. Of course, of course, yeah. Do you find it because we really you have a lot of support system, which is always good. But at the end of the day, it's really you against yourself and gravity, right? You know, it's like, yeah. And yeah. that that part of it is that mindset that you're talking about, right? Because if you don't have that, it doesn't matter who's out there supporting you. You just can't get there. You can't get there. You know, one of the things that I want athletes about. Uh, because I always get a lot of athletes when I go to uh, some of the events and say, well, Mr. Hayden, what do you think about my potential? You know, do you think, you know, what do you think? I said, listen, never ask anybody what they think about you. You have to think about yourself. How do you feel about your own potential personally? You have to feel that. I said, if, if I'm a knucklehead, I can say to you, you know what? You don't stand a chance. You're not going to be anything. Forget about it. And guess what? And if you're weak in the, in the head, you will you will take that to heart. Right. And it could be the very thing that that uh, that just put your fire out. I recall as a youngster working at a grocery store, I was 19 years old preparing for the Teenage America show. And, you know, I, I was bagging groceries and this one gentleman I would see frequently on the weekends taking his groceries out. Uh, I told him, I'm getting ready for the Mr. Teenage America. Man, it's going to be in Detroit, Michigan. I'm going go, to go up there. I'm going to win that thing. And he said to me, he said, well, you know, you got to remember, you're from a little town called Spartanburg, South Carolina. And then you got these other young men from California and New York from these big cities. So I just want you to be mindful of that. I wouldn't want to see you get your, get your feelings hurt. Yeah. Wow. wow. Totally, totally could... different than what I expected to hear. Right. 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 And, but listen, when he said that to me, I thought he had lost his ever loving mind. Good. Because <laughs> I remember my dad telling me, son, men put their pants on one leg at a time. No different than you do. Mm-hmm. And my mom would always say to me, son, you put the Lord first in your life. It'll take you around the world. Nobody's better than you. Whatever you do, you give your very best. I was raised up. Right. You had that. With that mindset and people that love me and that I respected feeding me that constantly. Mm. And so when this gentleman said that, it just rolled right down yeah. my shoulder. It, didn't, yeah. it had no effect other than I thought he had lost his mind. Right. You know, <laughs> but guess what? A few weeks later, 
here I am. I brought this four foot tall Teenage America trophy. Nice. To the store, set it in the window, and he saw it. There he you go. And said, you know what? <laughs> you believed in yourself. You believed in yourself. So it blew his mind. Good. And I said, yes, sir, I did. It's an educating moment, even for him. That's it. You so learn holy. You never ask anybody permission right. concerning your greatness or your, your willing to be all that you can be or do all that you can do. It's nobody's permission. It's always you against you. I always right. tell the young competitors, look, you have to compete against yourself. Never put a picture up of somebody else and say, well, I got to be better than that person. No, you be better than the person that you're looking at in the mirror. Exactly. That's right. And gravity in New York is the same as gravity in North Carolina. What is there? You go. About? <laughs> there you go. There you go. I've been going to California. I've never heard of California. You know, country ball from Spotbury, South Carolina, California. They yeah. said to me, you, you talk funny. You got a weird accent. I said, like, I don't have an accent. You have the accent. You don't know what the accent is. You don't know the problem. <laughs> Oh, wow. So go, looking at the Olympias, you know, you win all these Olympias and towards the end of your of the of the run there, then you meet a gentleman named Dorian Yates. Right. And he come now he's huge. Right. And and mass becomes this big thing now in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they changed the criteria from that point. Right. To a more massive look. Um, how. You know, do, you, do first of all, do you think that if that wouldn't have happened, do you think you could have won another one? I, I really believe I had because when I looked at when I looked at Dorian's physique, one thing that he didn't have, he didn't have the finish and the polish to his physique. Right. It must have matured that comes over time. Some people get it faster than others. You know, for instance, when Albert Beckles, Albert was 56 when he played second to me at the Mr. Olympia in Belgium. Wow. And here I am, 25 years old, and his skin was so thin, you could see every fiber, every fellow feather of muscle moving. I never reached that level of maturity because I had retired by the time I was 31. Mm-hmm. And Albert was on stage with me when I was 25, and he was 56. So that comes over time. Dorian had not developed that. Right. You know, uh, people say, well, Lee, you know, did you stop because of Dorian? Of course I didn't. No, no. Dorian was the least of a threat to me right. because what bodybuilding was saying that it wanted to be at that particular time, point in time, it wanted to look like Arnold. It wanted to look like Robbie Robinson. It wanted to look like Frank Zane. Right. And I knew if I could develop a physique that could look like a combination of the three along with the presentation, who's going to beat that? Right. And for eight years in a row, nobody beat it, you know? And so with the last competition with Doran, that was my last set and my best set. I really felt I peaked better at that last show than I did in the previous Mr. Olympia. Hmm. And that was it. So uh, Dorian, the one thing that they wanted to see, or I think that sort of took him to the next level is that he was a, a big, massive guy. Right. But he wasn't big and massive with the taper and the shape and the symmetry and the balance. So right. that's what bodybuilding start to sort of lose yeah. this is the, the luster at that yeah. time. So it became more and more about mass than it did about the completeness of the physique. 
Yeah. During when they, I think that year, 1991, he came back the next year, 20 pounds heavier, or maybe 15 to 20 pounds heavier. But from 1984 to 1991, I had only gained a total of 11 pounds. Oh, wow. A total of 11 pounds to 1984 to 1991. Because I wanted to make sure that every ounce of what I added to my physique kept my waist small and it was all in the right place with muscle maturity and good separation. That's what was demanded during Arnold and Frank Zane and Robbie Robinson's day. That's what they said they wanted me to look like. That's what I looked like. Durin was a whole nother deal. And as a result of that, bodybuilding just sort of went all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, it's, it's trying to make his way back. They recently started another category called the classic physique. Well, that's where bodybuilding was. During my right. era. It was the original. Yeah, yeah. It should be called the original physique. The original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this is uh, what we're talking about here. I mean, that's like <laughs> amazing. You know, and I got some. Uh, Look at that! Incredible. Just, amazing, just like wow. <laughs> <laughs> we we had all the magazines, you know. We had the poster in our little gym in the in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we... So the, you talk about the the differences, you know, what's happening now. Um, do you see any danger to some of these guys? That I mean, they're. I mean, I've seen some pictures of guys that they don't. It doesn't look like. It looks big. It looks like they're going to be in a Marvel movie without any prosthetics or any. Uh, CGI. I think he's uh, you're muted there, Dor. Uh, Lee. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, so what I see this happening, uh, and sort of, sort of off balance is the fact that bodybuilding is not looking into the fitness aspect of it as it did in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, when we trained, when I trained Evander Holofield, guess what? I was sprinting with him. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Arnold ran, Franco ran, all of us in the whole the whole concept of muscle and fitness and muscle builder in Flex Magazine under the tutelage of Joe Weider was about fitness of the whole person. Right. Yeah. So now you're talking, with, and again, we're talking bodybuilding at the level of which it is now. It's all about getting big. Which is not a good thing, as we know. Uh, Chihuahuas always live longer than Rottweilers. That's true. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a fact. That's true. You know? true yeah. So when you're talking about that type of internal stress on the heart, the kidney, the liver, the the organs, it's just you. It's just it's just it's a combination of something bad that would happen eventually. Yeah. Look yeah. at recently we had the passing of Dave Draper, where Dave Draper was 79. Mm-hmm. Then you had the passing of Chris Dixon. Chris was 83. Alba Becker's now is, is 90. Frank wow. Zane is 77, 78. Yeah. So it was more of a lifestyle. Sure. Not just looking good, but it was a lifestyle of health and fitness. So mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that and I do my very best to teach and push upon this next generation of bodybuilders. But, you know, the one thing uh, in, the, in the social media world now, <laughs> you can get a knucklehead with a mic and all of a sudden, you know, you're putting the stuff out with these youngsters, which is bad, you know, right. which is the reason why I 
uh, did a, a new editing of my book, Totally Awesome, to give them real quality information on training, nutrition, and my number one phase has always been trained to stimulate, not mm -hmm. annihilate. That's right. Because yeah. the day, you, you want your health. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were just gonna. I think George wanted to quote that. Well, actually, yeah, that was one of the things I, I, John and I were talking about that before about that phrase, and that phrase always stuck with me as well. Yeah. Even when we, when John and I were working out, you know, and I think it's, you know, similar to what you said. I think nowadays it's it, sometimes it gets lost with the younger guys because they're so focused on mass, and you want to train smart, but. You know, it's very easy to get injured when you're trying to overdo it, trying to bulk up so much, right? So, mm -hmm. are there what what kind of principles um, do you teach when it comes to somebody training safely? Well, number one, it's got to be form, proper form and technique, and the fact that it doesn't take a lot to stimulate muscle growth. It, it doesn't. It's it's pretty easy to do. Right. Let's say, for instance, when I trained Ivana Holofield, we, we took Ivana from 192 to 215 pounds in a span of six to seven weeks. He didn't get slower. He got bigger. He got stronger. Right. We used what was called ballistic training and plyos, which stimulate right. fast, quick fiber development, which is muscle size, right. but at the same time, speed with the muscle size being added together. But the most important deal was guess what? We made sure he was eating constantly and getting naps. So his body would promote more and more natural growth hormone. Hmm. That is a is is the sticker there. Yeah. Rest, food, and the right type of training. You don't have to lift eight million pounds in order to get a response of muscle growth. When using ballistic training, if you if you know exactly how to do that, you can get that without tearing your joints apart. Right. You know, that's what I achieve. And that's one of the things that I teach in my certification organization yeah. to teach them how to stimulate fast twitch fiber, which is muscle size, without injuring their joints. And here I am at the age of 62. I have no joint problems whatsoever. Yeah. Amazing. God bless. Yeah. And do you think also because social media, when I typed in, I went on Instagram, I typed in Lee Haney and there were like a gazillion really big you know social media kind of makes you almost like a celebrity in your own mind in a way and these guys really play to the social media as opposed to for themselves you know they're working out for this whatever this uh this thing that they enjoy doing um you know are, are you you miss the social media part i mean you're on it now but is it something that that you think would have it, it hurt the industry i, I think it well, as far as marketing, it has helped a lot. It has given me a, a second second win. Right. You know, because now I, I have young athletes coming up at my booth at the Mr. Olympia competition and so forth. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mr. Andy, I love that physique, that classic look. You know, wow, man, I, how can I get that? You know, which is a, a fantastic thing. Right. But then it also opened the door to a bunch of knuckleheads right. out there <laughs> that's cussing and spearing all in there and kids. Man, he cursed. That's got to be a great workout. He's got to know it because he said a few foul words. All of a sudden, he know what he's talking about. So in that respect, a little bit negative. Right. Because right. when I came up, you you had you had Iron Man magazine. You had Muscle Training Illustrated. 
Right. You had muscle development, you had muscle and fitness, and you had strength and health magazines. Mm -hmm. And all of these publications emphasized the importance of education, proper training, that's right. uh, technique, basic supplementation. So that's really how we got educated during that era. Yeah. I mean, I, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I remember those magazines. I think Flex was one of them. Uh, I don't know if Flex came later where it maybe started the uh, – that phase of the larger yeah it came larger, later. Flex it came came later, later right yeah yeah um i have a question here somebody asked the question um matt briggs is asking will classic take over open bodybuilding hmm. you know that's a good question matt and one of the things i want to see i want to see you guys in classic uh it is classic bodybuilding that's what it is right. they just call it classic physique uh, I want to see the guys in that uh, in that category receive more of the cash prizes as far as money is concerned, mm -hmm. because they should be rewarded for keeping bodybuilding beautiful. Mm -hmm. And sure. the artistry of the posing routines is totally different. I really enjoy classic bodybuilding. It is yeah. a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Uh, I think as far as the general population is, it's already it is already taken over. Yeah. I think Matt, you preferred that more so you, than you would a bobblehead standing on stage. <laughs> you know, I call it like I see it. You know, so maybe we could have a yeah, just <laughs> stuff everywhere. Yeah, you know, the symmetry, the balance, the beauty of it. Listen, when I saw Arnold for the first time, I was at the first Mr. Olympia show in Columbus, Ohio, and I saw him. You know, he was wearing this uh, this this. Uh, long sleeve shirt you know i mean he looked cool the shirt fit well it tapered on him he looked like an athletic guy coming down the aisle you know he looked awesome that's what people like that's what yeah. Yeah. allowed them to want to fall in love with bodybuilding right. everybody lift weights now doctors lawyers judges everybody lift weights because of what they saw in bodybuilding yeah. but nobody wants to look like uh, uh, even even the younger bodybuilders, they don't want to look like what they're seeing now on the stage because right. it's just so far out there. But the cool thing about it, there's so many categories now. Mm -hmm. For men, you have the physique division. There's the guys that have the beach, the sort of the beach look, right. the longer shorts. Now you got classic physique, which is where we are now as far as the, the guys that are really making a huge headway in the sport. Then you have the bodybuilding. Now, I'll say this. One of the best physiques out there now, which is a, 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 a touch of classic and a touch of bodybuilding, sort of a combo, is Brandon Curry. Okay, yeah. Brandon mm -hmm. won the Mr. Olympia a while back. Right. And uh, and so, but he still, you know, he plays second this year. I think just a little bit more polishing, he will recapture the Mr. Olympia title. Mm -hmm. And it'll put bodybuilding back to where it needs to be. And, you know, Sean wrote him. We lost Sean mm -hmm. uh, last year. Sean was beautiful. Yeah. He was a breath of fresh air, putting bodybuilding back to what it needs to look like. Yeah. You know, symmetry, balance, all of those things is what we look. Now, you have big Ramy. Ramy is an incredible athlete. He is huge. Huge. Yeah, he's a freak. <laughs> when I see Ramy, his thighs, has overpowered his calves. 
Right. In my day, you couldn't look like that and win a Mr. Olympia. I mm -hmm. think the the for the quest and the quest for too much mass and too much the outcry for too much all for mass is allowed him to sort of slip through. Yeah. You know, not taking anything away from him. He's an incredible athlete. Yeah. I don't feel he I thought he fell short this year at the Mr. Olympia. But you know, when you're Mr. Olympia, you gotta knock him out cold right. in order to, you know, to unseat upseat him. And Brandon didn't quite do that. Shake wise, he's the best up there. Yeah. But uh we need just a little bit more muscle separation. And once you have that, he'll rule and reign. They need to um, bring back Mr. Olympia, right, to what it was, and then create Mr. Bobblehead. And then, <laughs> and, and then everyone's happy. I want to take a couple more questions here. Uh, Matt had another question, which I'm going to give him. the. Uh, he had a good question there. So Matt says, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting, keto, vegan, vegan you know, extra uh, versus traditional bodybuilding, eating every two to three hours, et cetera? Well, um, that's intermittent fasting, that's a lot. <laughs> fasting, um, I, I think we call it sort of cardio fasting, which weight training is a form of cardio. If your goal is, okay, I want to drop some body fat, then guess what? You grab your workout in the morning or you do elliptical tread, whatever, in the morning, and then you have a meal later. You know, so thereby your body is feeding on the stored fuel from the night before. Right. See? So that way uh, you're able to drop body fat a lot better in doing that. I'm not saying starving yourself, but let's get the workout in, uh, get the workout in. Then we have a light meal. And when it comes to that particular meal, it needs to be more in the line of uh, a protein low carb. You know, let's say you're going to do a sweet potato and maybe uh, uh, five egg whites and, and maybe two whole eggs. There you go. So you got your fiber and you got your protein there. You got the beta carotene for cellular health, all of that. Plenty of good water. And then you have your other meals. And I, do, I, I feel you really should cater your meals surrounding your level of activity. Everything is connected to everything. You shouldn't. Right. Uh, take in more than you're willing to burn off, particularly right. if your goal is, okay, I want to get in good shape and drop body fat. Right. If your goal is, listen, I need to add more size, and guess what? You want to take in more than you're burning off. Right. Okay, right. so it, 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 I explained it in my book, Totally Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and You can get that on uh, on Amazon right now. Yeah, Amazon, or you can go to LeeHainted.com. Lee I'll sign it there and get it back to you. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Fantastic. Awesome. That's awesome. So Keto... Keto is really, uh, I'm not, you got to be careful with keto. It's yeah, I agree. This diet. Right. You know, they telling people, I asked somebody was young lady I was talking to the other day. She said, well, I'm doing the, the Atkins. I said, okay, now let me ask you, are they telling you you can eat cheese and steak? Yes. I said, you cannot eat cheese and steak. <laughs> the cholesterol out of the ceiling. Right. You don't right. do that. Right. I say a lot of what you see they stole from bodybuilding and trying to use it on the general population when they really don't know how to use it. Right. Right. Go right. With keto, you should go by way of chicken or fish or a ground turkey. And you use your fiber, your green beans, so forth, and you still have to have 
a small amount of carbohydrates because carbohydrates drive the energy in the body. Mm-hmm. Could be a bit of sweet potato, could be a pear, could be an apple. You know, you don't you don't want to overdo carbohydrates because it's an energy food. You know, if you're not putting out a lot physically, you shouldn't be taking in a lot uh, in the way of carbohydrates. And you got to make sure your proteins are clean, low in fat. Then you got to keep the fiber high, drinking plenty of water. Then the weight to steadily come off. But the keto or Atkins, no, no, let's go with a protein and a low-carb diet. Low-carb, when I say low-carb, you should never go. It should stay rough around 50 grams of carb. Don't go below 50 grams of carb a day. Now, I'm saying that's pretty much for the average female. The male, rough around 100 grams of carb a day. Because in this era, we, as a tight rider, we're driving the car. Right. We're not a U- now UPS worker. That's a whole nother deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All the young ladies getting up and down <laughs> in the car. Well, they got to have some carb to fuel their body for the activity right. level. Right. So that changes. I talk about that in the book. That's why it's important to for each individual person to get a plan and to be right. checked out because you can't just buy a book and be like, I'm going to do what this book says. But is yeah. that that book may be for, you know, you may be able to use the book. But it's got to apply to where you are and what your activity is, Perfect. how you live your life, and all that stuff. You you make a great trainer, John. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you I could be. I, I think I have a chance at Mister Bobblehead. I tell you that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Leah, I wanted to ask you. Um, what I thought it was kind of an inspiring story. Uh, what do you think of uh, Kevin Lavrone when he came back in his fifties and competed? Oh man, Kevin, that was off the chain, man. Right, man. great. <laughs> yeah, amazing. man, he totally blew me away with his conditioning and everything. Because the deal is, he knew the way back. Yeah, right. So you be there, you know the way back. Yeah. And uh, I thought he did an incredible job. Uh, his placing, you know, it's you know, it's amazing when you look at the new group of athletes coming up. It's really their time. Yeah. Right. You know, it's their time. They say, okay, this, this era has ended. Now this new era begins. But that wasn't Kevin's only reason for competing to try to knock out the young guys. It was just to satisfy a desire that he had. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin is incredible when it comes to marketing. He has his own product line, all the different things that he's doing. And guess what? Whenever you do that, that that draws a lot of attention. Oh yeah. You no, know? so that's the name of the game because at the end of the day, you can't eat trophies. I don't care how many you got. Right. You know, <laughs> you have to colorize before work and sacrifice. Right. You gotta right. make some moolah with this, you know. Right. right. And it's an inspiring story. And I think yeah. that, that also when people are inspired, they're also more likely to buy from someone that inspired them. That's right. You know, so that's that's a cool, awesome. Yeah. George. Yeah. So um, another, another thing I wanted to ask you just on the nutrition side, because I know you talked a lot about the uh, carbohydrates. A lot of the a lot of the um, younger guys now are are using these powders and these uh, whey powders. Even John and I back in the day used some of these powders. Do you prefer the protein to be the actual food or what do you, what do you think about the powders? I used to mix mine with Nestle's quick, but, <laughs> but, yeah, but <laughs> I thought I thought it would over, you know, it would be a good balance. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing about it when you're younger, okay, 
that's cool because you got all this activity going on. Right, you know? exactly. So your growth hormone levels out of the roof. Your T levels <laughs> is out of the roof. You know, you're gonna burn whatever you put in your body. Even that's true. A, that's a, true. A bucket of donuts a day. You're gonna burn it off. You know. But as far as powders are concerned, I use them sparingly. I would have okay. a protein shake once in a blue moon. Okay. I relied heavily on food. Right. You know, chicken, fish, eggs. Those are my favorite. I never got into doing red meats because it take over 48 hours for red meat to digest. Yeah, yeah, right. So exactly. I was always careful about that. Uh, free form amino acids, I did. I used that in my training. You know, the, then the uh, things like the arginine on the thing, lysine, I used mm-hmm. that to help jumpstart and boost the body's ability to produce more natural growth hormones. So I would do that. But for the most part, it was always solids. And okay. I would use a protein supplement as just something extra. Okay. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to be doing 250 grams of protein a day, that shake would be, it wouldn't even be considered as part of that makeup. Mm-hmm. It's something extra. Okay. 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 Excellent. So we're, we're approaching an hour. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> hour, hour, baby. That's yeah, right. that's, that's it. Right. That's it. Uh, we want to thank you so much for being on. Before we let you go, um, can you... George and I kind of started this because we wanted to, um, a couple of things. We, I don't know if you remember, but we actually competed uh, against you a very, very long time ago. You probably don't even remember this. Oh, man. Oh, oh. You, y'all the kids just tried to throw a banana peel on the stage when I was walking out of there. <laughs> You know, oh, we let like we, we we decided to walk away because after uh, after seeing you, we just you know. Yeah, there there was no competition. Was no, so no, we're, we're done. I <laughs> the of a lot of people, you know. <laughs> but George and I started this show because we wanted to entertain, we wanted to inspire, especially during the lockdowns the last couple of years. It's been uh, really tough, and we want to inspire people that there's always hope. There's always something that you can do um, to stay positive, and you're definitely in that you know in that category uh, for us. Um, what advice do you have to our audience, you know, um, during this time and during, uh, you know, trying to get through uh, all this uh, craziness? Well, you know what? The most important thing is, man, listen, I start my day like this. I, I get on my knees and I pray and I ask God for wisdom for the day. And I ask him to God over my mind and my heart and to put me in a place whereby I can be a, have a positive impact on the lives of people. I was uh, with my wife earlier today. I got this call, a message, and this young man said, Mr. Hayden, I want to thank you for, for you know, talking to me some months ago. I was feeling down in the dumps, and you said some words to me. You talked about your relationship with God and how it had helped you over the years. So I just want to say thank you. I don't remember the conversation, <laughs> but yeah, to know that you're having a positive impact on somebody's life is, is everything. And, you know, so I always tell people to, you know, be in a place of positivity. You know, if you're facing any type of challenge, it's not going to last always. You know, it's just an opportunity to get better. You know, keep your head up. Things change. You know, particularly if you understand and know that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God, he's going to always be with you. He'll never forsake or leave you. So if you stand on that, you, you, you got it. You know, yeah, you you can always bounce back and get to the next level. 
absolutely definitely, and you definitely. certainly you certainly inspired john and myself as well so thank you absolutely well thanks for having me on and for those trying to get the book they can go to my website at leehaney.com also have a uh, a membership where you can join the iafs membership become a member and get videos of all of the different training form technique a digital book of totally awesome of uh fitting in the aids you know, everything you want to know, philosophy is there. It's and there. That, just go to the site and get it, you know, for just 150 bucks. You can get all of that. That's so that's awesome. my commercial. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And and that's all on your website, LeeHaney.com. Right. So we're going to, anybody who's watching this, you can uh, just go right down to the, uh, the description below. The link will be right there. Get that. Get the book. Get something and get the knowledge of a Lee Haney because it's really inspiring and it's really been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny, I appreciate you, and thanks for what you do. Thank you, thank you. Hang thank on you, one second. Don't, don't hang up just yet. We're gonna we'll be, right we'll be right back. But thank you. All right. Hang on. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yes. Amazing. Like a dream huh? come true. Yes. Yes. One of my heroes. I'm so happy I got to talk to him. All right, folks, we want to thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again uh, next week. We have, uh, I think, Kenny Aronoff, the drummer, is going to be on. And uh, But, man, what a show. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. And as always, peace. Peace.